The Money Show. Small business. Uh, Pablo Fotidis, we all the boardroom battles around at the moment, and there are lots of boardroom battles at the moment. Yeah, government Employees Pension Fund, John Oliphant, has been bulleted, um, and his lawyers have written a, a very strong statement today. We've seen the PPC thing, we've seen HDI, SAA. It's all happening at the moment. It's very useful, though, to look at this in a small business context, because it's not only big businesses that implode when it comes to relationships, Pablo. No. In fact, many small businesses, many small businesses, especially with Relatively early stage entrepreneurs, and when I say early stage, I'm not talking age-wise. I'm talking first-time entrepreneurs, second-time entrepreneurs, the first business or the second business. It normally takes about two and a half businesses to get one and to start one that actually does succeed. You, you have to go through your, your failure points typically. Right. And in those first-stage businesses, be you of any age, when you start that business, you typically start it in a spur of excitement, a new opportunity that was discovered. Perhaps you are two individuals who worked at a company for five years or ten years together. You developed a good collegiate relationship. You, you came up with an idea like, I don't know, Google, yeah. for example. <laughs> I think those were colleagues, weren't they? Yeah. Or you came up with an example like, let's say, Facebook. And if you've seen the film The Social Network, the stories that took place over there and how that partnership eventually dissolved and reformed and reshaped and created what it is today is really no different, Bruce, to what I certainly see in at least 60, 70% of the businesses that I work with. 60 to 70% of the businesses, partnerships go awry in the early days. They very much do. And there are a couple of reasons why they do happen. So why do they go awry like that, Pablo? So here's an example. There are two individuals, they had been in this business for about 16 years. It was a technical project development house. And that's a tough business to be in. Generally, you have to be smart. You've got to be capable. Generally, you're solving problems that other people can't solve. So a corporate would call you in and say, we have a technical problem over here. We need a technical solution. No one else of these big firms has been able to sort it out. What can you guys do? Uh They were expert at this. They were remarkable at this. Time went on. Project revenues mean that you've constantly got to sell and then deliver and sell and then deliver. So it was a bad business model to start off with. It was an exhausting business model to start (laughs) off with. And they did it for 16 years. Committed. Blood brothers. Nothing could separate them. 16 years. And then the one partner who was simply two years older than the other partner started to spend time at Bry's with his friends where his friends had advanced their careers differently. Uh-huh. And the discussion started to emerge, you know, and I'll call him Jack for now. Okay. Jack, you really, at this stage of your life, have earned the right to go cycling in the afternoon or paddling in the morning before you go to work. Or paddling in the morning and cycling. Exactly. <laughs> like. That's what eventually it became. Yeah, yeah. In fact, just take Friday off or, in fact, Mondays. Thursday and Friday off. Yeah. You really have earned it. And yet the business model didn't allow it. And that partnership after 16 years, wherein which they had created some of South Africa's most remarkable corporate solutions, Bruce, using skill and mind and creativity and mathematics that was unreal, separated itself. Because you could not cross that chasm. If you hold that attitude, which is so fundamentally different to the attitude that a business will support, 
There's no room for that partnership where, to where continue. Do, where does it... Where does there the fault? Because it remains a partnership, because you don't corporatize yourself? No, sorry. Let me correct. They were corporatized. It was a PTY limited. They were shareholders. So when we talk about partners in business, I'm talking about two individuals, three individuals coming together and splitting out the equity. And perhaps that's where part of the problem lay. But how do you get around that mess? Well, because it, it's it's a natural evolution. I mean, the Beatles broke up. Mm-hmm. Boy bands break up. That's what happens. They're partnerships. And people have artistic differences. People grow differently. It's marriages break up. Relationships, friendships break up. You, you'd be mad to think that a business partnership is set in stone. Absolutely. Absolutely, you would be mad. But here's the thing. Every stone in the world cannot survive without gravity. Huh? And if we're going to use gravity... Philosopher Fatidi. Well, it is. I'm building on your analogy. It holds it down on the earth. Right. Its feet need to be firmly planted into something. In other words, it needs to be based on the back of something. And I would call that a governance structure. And the governance structure between any partners has three components to it. The first component is going to be we have an agreement as shareholders. And the, the purpose of shareholders is very different to that of directors and the purpose of directors is very different to that of necessarily employees within the business so as two shareholders we get together or as two individuals we get together to establish a business relationship we decide what we are going to be doing in order to earn our shares in the business up front and you need to have a start point and an end point against which you can say you have earned your shares bruce and I have earned my shares. The trouble with an early stage business, and you keep telling us how many small businesses go out of business before they even begin, is we haven't got time to have this conversation because we've got the coolest idea in the world. We're starting the new social network and it's going to take over the world. And by the time we realize we have a problem, we've got a fantastic business because we didn't waste time on all this airy-fairy nonsense up front. We were too busy having a fun time. And that's why you need to lose your first business. And if you don't learn from your first mistake, you will lose your second business. Yeah. And I can tell you that by the time the third business comes, that paperwork, so wise. you are so <laughs> wise. You have the wisdom of yeah, Solomon, hindsight. Solomon and all of his wives. Yes. <laughs> and all of his wives. So establishing that shareholders agreement is important up front. It talks about how we come together, how we earn our shares, what we need to do in order to earn our shares, and what our responsibilities are after that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you've got to work in the business. In a small business environment, typically you do. And that's where you need your second set of agreements, and those are employment agreements. Because if I can define that you're going to do certain pieces of work, and I'm going to do certain pieces of work, it's a very good opportunity, Bruce, to turn around and say, will your piece of work and will my piece of work in effect, break the law of mathematics, which you need in an early stage business. And that is will one plus one equals three. If it doesn't, you then need to question about, well, is this the right partner for me? Let's talk about partnerships because we're talking about how partnerships can go wrong. Mm. And when partnerships go wrong, they go wrong so spectacularly. So we're going into a partnership. Our first business failed, not our first business. Business uh, relationship with other guys failed. We learned our lessons. We went into business two. Maybe it failed. Now we're going into business three. What are we looking for by the time um, we've got scars on our backs? Okay, so there are a couple of things we're going to do. The first thing is we're going to try and assess whether we have the shared vision and the shared destination for the business. If you, for example, want to simply have a lifestyle business and I want to take over the world, without a doubt, 
we're going to fracture and break and split in that partnership. Yeah. So having a similar idea of destination, and it doesn't have to be crystal clear, but it needs to have an orientation, a purpose behind it, some sense of what we want the business to provide for mm-hmm. us. And that is, it takes time to figure that out, Bruce. It doesn't just, it does, it's but, not a business plan. Let me be very clear. Yeah, it's but, not what but, you put in a business but plan. But then how do we negotiate this partnership in the early stages of the partnership if it's all up in the air where we've got an idea, we've got a direction, we don't have a destination. We've got a relationship, but we've got a partnership, but we don't have a relationship perhaps. That's a, a better way of putting it. Well, how do it, we work out this stuff? Okay, dynamic? so it boils down to really understanding values because values drive a lot of this. And corporates, I mean, God bless corporates. Um, you know, we have values. <laughs> yeah. But in Integrity. a partnership, you truly have to know your partner warts and all. You do. And one of the most important values you've got to understand is the value of money. Do you have a relationship with money that I cannot identify with? Or do I have a completely perspective, different perspective of money? And I'll give you a classic example. I've been involved in a number of partnerships. And in one of my earlier partnerships, in a business that actually turned out to be very successful. We went through some tough times. It took a long time to build the business, simply because it was in a brand new industry. And as the money began to flow, the individual that I was involved in the business with wanted to spend. And I'm a long-term player. I wanted to invest. And the friction that was created around that difference in values around money and how money should be used Created tremendous pressure in the partnership. Now, we know how Kitzer Gordon stormed out of the boardroom. He did it not once but twice. In a partnership, you can't storm out the boardroom. How do you fix those battles? No, you can't. And and this is where I often think that a third party can be very, very useful. So if you elect to have a third party involved in the business, and let's go back to the governance structure. Let's say it's a third shareholder who might own 2%, but really is simply sitting there to be an arbiter between yourself and your partner when it comes to certain decisions. Who is that individual? How do you select them? Do they have a broad view of business? Do they have a broad view of industry? Have they made a success themselves? And have they been in partnerships themselves? Because in effect, that individual should be given the sway vote on either side as to do we invest the money, do we draw it out, and do we spend it? Piet says a partnership is a sinking ship. That's why they call it a ship. That's a bit negative. That's very negative. At that point, we will leave it. Pablo <laughs> Petit is this evening's small business focus tonight.